holding success lightly. I think there's many ways in life that we can gain success, whether it's getting a good job, getting a large paycheck at the end of each month. You know, maybe we're popular, maybe we're really clever or intelligent. Maybe we've got a happy family life, successful. But actually, you know, success, every blessing comes from God. It's not something that we earn or deserve. Actually, it's God's goodness to us. I think this um, struck me a couple of years ago. We, before we were at this church, we lived in another part of London, and we had a pretty nice house there for us. Um, but I kind of had this feeling, well, you know, we've worked hard, we've saved our money, we've kind of earned this house. And, I mean, I look back now, I feel embarrassed that my attitude... When we came to um, Ealing to be the church plant, Pete didn't have a job. We could barely afford any house here. And amazingly, God provided. And we probably live now in the nicest house that we've ever lived in. And I think, actually, everything that we have is a blessing from God. It's not something that we've earned or deserved. Uh, it says in James 1:17, doesn't it? Every good and perfect gift is from above. And I think humility recognizes that all that we are and all that we have is because of God. So, first thing, be humble. Admit that you are not in control. Secondly, it asks us to pray. If my people will humble themselves and pray, we are to ask God for help. You know, are we asking God for help? Are we asking him for healing? In John 16, 23 to 24, it says, Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. I think it's clear Jesus wants us to ask. Many times throughout the Bible, he uh, tells us to ask. In fact, over 20 times in the New Testament alone, he commands us to ask in prayer. That should give us confidence. You know, he's already told us to do it. Uh, you know, and we've been told that we can ask for anything, you know, for the small things, for the big things. You might think, you know, is it okay to pray for this? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. It might be something that's been happening for a long time. We're looking for a breakthrough like we've been um, looking at this week. Or it might be something that suddenly comes up, a crisis. We're going to be looking at that more in our groups this week. How do we pray when suddenly something happens and we don't know what to do? He wants us to ask. I mean, you might think, well, why does God want us to ask? He knows anyway. But this is how we learn trust. I'm sure if you're a parent here, your children ask for many things, uh, especially when they're very young and they want feeding. They usually ask by crying and loudly. Uh, and what happens is the child asks, you respond, and they trust develop. This pattern repeats itself, and you develop trust. And that is the same with us and God. You know, we learn to ask for things, and then we learn to trust him, and our faith grows. I mean, I found this morning just listening to people's 
um, testimonies of God answering their prayer, you just feel like, yeah, God answers our prayer. It, it builds faith in you, doesn't it? And so that's the whole thing. We're learning to trust God and build faith. I think we, when we ask, we ask in Jesus' name, that verse said. And this isn't a magic formula like abracadabra and then, you know, magically everything happens. But it recognizes that we come to God in prayer, not because of our own merit, but because of Jesus. You know, Jesus has achieved a great victory on the cross. And there is an inheritance that is now available to us through the finished work of Jesus. We were even singing about it earlier, weren't we? That his name has power. There is power in his name. My name doesn't have a lot of power, but we did know someone um, in our previous church who was quite an important guy. He was actually a pilot for BA, and we were going to be flying as a family on holiday. Uh, He wasn't actually going to be flying, but he knew the pilot that was going to be flying the plane that we'll be on, and he said, if you tell him my name when you get on the flight, you can actually go and meet the pilot and have a little tour of the cockpit. This was quite some years ago before security's changed. So, um, so we got on the flight. Actually, I remember this was really Pete's privilege because two of our kids were like two and six months. So they obviously weren't going to benefit from the experience. So I was looking after them. But we mentioned um, our friend's name to the staff when we got on the flight. And lo, about, lo and behold... Pete and Josh, four years old, were invited to go to the cockpit to meet the pilot. I don't think they ever turn up flying the plane, but, you know, got to experience what it was like, all because of our friend's name. And, you know, it's like when we come to the Father, when we come in Jesus' name, we have access. We have instant access when we ask in his name. We don't get everything we pray for. It doesn't say, you know, you'll get everything, you know, but actually we do get to experience what, you know, know what God wants us to have. He's the one that decides what's best. I think if we got everything that we wanted, actually it would put a massive demand on our wisdom, knowing actually what we should be praying for. But we pray and then we trust that God knows the right things for us and the right timing for us. I think we pray with others. You know, we get others to pray with us. That's what I'm loving about the small groups. And this verse in James 5, uh, 13 to 15 says, If is anyone among you in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned and they will be forgiven. I think if we're sick, we can call on others to pray with us. You know, it it might be the elders in certain situations, but it could actually be your small group. It could be your friends. I think the important part of this verse is let them call the elders. It's like 
you know, the asking, the desire to be well, the asking others to pray with you. It's an expression of faith that actually I'm going to get these people to pray for me and I believe that something's going to happen. It also mentions about praying with oil. Oil is often referred to in the Bible as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not necessarily that there's a healing power in oil, but it represents God's presence with us as we pray. We actually have um, oil here in the prayer box each Sunday. If you think, actually, I would love for someone to pray with me and anoint me with oil, then that can happen. I think when we pray, we are also to believe and expect an answer. Verse 15 says, the prayer offered in faith. So we expect God to hear us and respond. I think whenever there is sickness, there is an opportunity for God to display his glory, for him to demonstrate his power. We might be unsure as to what uh, degree we're going to experience healing, but we believe that all sickness is under the domain of God. He didn't create it, but he still has authority over it. So we can expect to be healed. You know, it can happen immediately. Sometimes it happens over time. We all know that ultimate and complete healing is going to happen in every sense of the word, the other side of death. But we can have absolute assurance that healing is going to come. We're just not totally sure when. But we can pray with expectancy. And the last thing, when we pray, we keep on praying until he tells us to stop. You know, we keep on praying. We don't know when God's timing is going to be. Ephesians six eighteen says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We keep praying on all occasions with all prayers. I think Mark spoke about this last week, praying throughout the day. You know, we learned about that in our groups this week, didn't we? Praying and praying, praying for a breakthrough. Daniel prayed for 70 years. I thought, golly, I struggle praying for the same thing for more than two or three weeks, let alone months or years. But actually, God wants us to keep praying. He's responsible for the answer. We are responsible to ask. So, be humble. Pray. The third thing is seek God. Seek God, not a miracle. If my people seek my face. I think when you think of the face, it's kind of like the relational gate into a person's heart and mind. You know, I find it much easier to chat to people face to face. You can kind of see what's going on. You can read them. The whole thing about seeking God intimately, wanting to know him really well, wanting to interact with him, wanting to share his thoughts and his love. I mean, it is okay to seek for, seek for a miracle, but actually we are told to seek God. 
to seek the giver, not just the gift. I think our danger, particularly in the Western world, can be that we want to seek what we can get from God rather than God himself. I think, oh, Lord, give me a good job, bless my life, give me a nice house, make my life comfortable and happy. Maybe those are just my prayers. (laughs) Uh, But God is looking for those that are eager for more of him. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, he says, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are we keen to seek God? Is he the primary focus of our lives? Not an afterthought. Not, oh, I'll seek you after a couple of hours of watching Netflix, or I'll seek you when things at work calm down. I'm in a really busy season right now. Or I'll seek you when the kids aren't so young and demanding. Actually, God is calling us to seek him. I think when I was praying about the message today, I thought the whole thing is that God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know him. That's what this whole transforming prayer is really about. It's about knowing God, being in relationship with God, engaging with God. And I think whether we get the answer that we want, the healing or the restoration that we want, when we seek God, we're going to be satisfied because the Bible says that if we seek him, we will find him. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. You know, our challenge is, are we seeking him above his gifts and good things? Rick Warren, who's the author of all this material, he says a really challenging quote. We want just enough of God to bless us, but not so much of God that it's going to change us. You know, seeking God, seeking an intimate relationship with him through reading his word, through spending time with him, being in his presence, praying, listening, that is going to change us. That is going to transform us. You know, if we're stuck in the same ruts, the same habits as we were before, we want to change, but we can't, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, are we really seeking him? Are we really seeking God? Are we wanting him above everything else? And the Bible says that if you seek him, he will take care of the rest of your life. Matthew 6, 33 says, but first, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If we seek him, then he is going to give us all that we need. Are we those that are genuinely seeking him? And the final premise was uh, turn from their wicked ways. Turn our attention from the world to the word. I think it's quite an interesting phrase, turn from their wicked ways. I wonder what you think of when you think of the word wicked. If you're my husband, you would think of the West End musical because he loves musicals, and yes, we have been to see Wicked. I think that one only once, but we've been to see it. 
that actually wickedness, we often think it's something that someone else does, some terrible evil, you know, abductions, rape, genocide, murder, torture. But actually the Bible says that wickedness is forgetting God. You know, we do all sorts of other things when we forget God. When society forgets God, healthy relationships break down and the door opens to all other kinds of evil. We were reading those that do the CBR journal from Psalm 9 just yesterday. In Psalm 9, 17, it says, The wicked go down to the realm of the dead, all the nations that forget God. Forgetting God is what's wicked. It also talks of turning. Well, turning, uh, the word turn in Hebrew means like return or repent. And it's the action of changing direction. It's not just turning away from the bad stuff, but it's turning to the good stuff. In the New Testament, the Greek word is metanoia. Meta meaning a, a change of movement. And noia meaning like your mind, your thoughts, your perceptions. So it's basically saying to change your mind, to change your perceptions and your thoughts. You know, I used to think this way about God, now I think this way. I used to value this in life, now I value that. It's changing your mind about life, about what's important, about your whole purpose and meaning. I think often repentance is thought of very negatively. But actually, it's the most positive thing that can happen in your life. You know, we've turned from no hope to hope. We've turned from guilt to forgiveness. We've turned from shame to acceptance. We've turned from no purpose to purpose. We've turned from loneliness and despair to unconditional, everlasting love. It is the best thing that can happen in your life to change, to repent and change your attention to God. Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. True repentance is turning our attention to God. Confessing our sins to him and to one another. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, we confess our sins that we may be healed. I think prayer and repentance should happen with one another. Um, I was reading a commentary on, that, on this this week, and this guy, um, Sam Albury, who's a UK pastor and author, he said this, repentance is a church family concern. We are all involved. We all have a responsibility to one another in this area. We need to have friendships where we care and we share our struggles. We need to have people to whom we can confess major and persistent sin. Others 
help us to change. You know, we need one another, don't we? That's why I love being in a small group, being able to share what's really going on in my life with them and get them to pray for me. Being authentic together. You know, it's good to confess your sins to one another and pray and know God's healing. Repentance and healing so often go hand in hand. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Three promises that God makes. I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I will bring healing. If you would like healing today, then in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to respond. We're going to pray for you. You know, it could be physical healing. It could be relational healing. It could be emotional healing. It could be mental healing. But I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to get those around to pray for you as well. So if you would like healing today, then I would love for you to stand now. And if you're not standing, then I would love you just to sort of put your hands out uh, to those that are standing, and we're going to pray for them as well. God is here, we just have to ask. God, we come to you. We come recognizing who you are. The almighty God, the one whose very name has power. We want to humble ourselves. We want to admit you're in control. You are God. God, we thank you that you tell us to ask for anything. Please, would you give us the confidence to do this? And help us to seek you. Forgive us when we've just sought your blessings and not you. We want to know you. We want to be close to you. Would you help us to turn our attention to you, to fix our eyes on you? And as we do these things, oh God, we pray that you would hear our prayers and forgive our sins and that you would heal us. We pray, God, that you would heal our hearts. We pray that you would heal our bodies. And if you've got something specific that is wrong with you, then I'd love you to name that now or touch that part of your body God, would you come? Would you come and heal this? God, heal our bodies. God, would you heal our minds? Lord, if we've been struggling in our whole thought life, God, would you come and bring healing? Lord, would you bring healing to our relationships? Lord, where there's been disunity and strife and struggle, God, we pray for you to bring healing.
to bring reconciliation. God, we want to know your healing power in our lives. God, would you bring healing to our families? God, would you bring healing to this community, to Ealing? God, would you bring healing to our land? God, we look to you. God, would you do it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.